Hello, and welcome back to this free episode of TF, that podcast you're listening to right now. It's me, Riley. I'm sitting here in the sunny basement. Uh, I'm joined by Alice in an undisclosed location. What's up? Yes. Not disclosing anything. Uh, yeah. Milo yeah. in an undisclosed location. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm deeply undisclosed. It's undisclosed even to me. I have no idea where I am. Please help. <laughs> uh, Somewhere saying, above it, Austria. Hussein in a disclosed location. In, uh, well, I always, I don't believe in space and time anymore, so everything to me is just en route to Mecca. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not socialist to believe in space and time or measurements of things. Uh, and then also, we are joined by returning champion, friend of the show, Josie Long, from an undisclosed location. Josie, what's the weather like in undisclosed location? Well, I'm actually staying in my second home, which is delightful, if a tiny bit smaller than my main house. <laughs> um, that's, that's not true. It's all fine. Yeah. My, my daughter's out uh, with my boyfriend having their government walk, so it's absolutely great. Oh, of course. A, cl- a classic government walk. Mm. Mm. Um, no one God, was walking I, before the government made it illegal. I, I'm very excited to see what kind of new new names for things come out of the quarantine like uh like oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna go for a government love when you say you're gonna go for a jog (laughs) very very interested to see Mm. what that's gonna happen uh but shall we as ever dive straight in to the stuff we're going to talk about yes let's 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 do an early morning a morning zoo tf recording this (laughs) recording this for the first time not soundboard Oh, fuck, I do. I should have I should have had I, all I have is Castle Thunder. Great, cool. <laughs> the scary morning zoo crew. <laughs> Riley and the Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a morning zoo show where it where it's like Count Dracula and Doofus. Yeah. You're listening to Stax and the Gunch. <laughs> no, okay. Our morning's our morning zoo crew is definitely just like 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 Riley, like my normal name, and Dracula, Castle Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, before we crack on, also, I just want to um, let everyone know because I'm getting asked this individually. Uh, we are now pretty much very. We've figured out what our Twitch channel is. We're so that's now pretty much set. What that schedule is, and we are playing lots of different games. Like we're fucking up paradox games and trying to conquer the world with a communist Australia and Hearts of Iron Four and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're playing like things of that nature. And we're playing on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, and Sunday, all at 9 p.m. Uh, London time. So do check us out uh, on there. We'd love to see you in chat. Uh, we're very close to being Twitch partner. We've just created a new Renault Twingo emote for our, for our beautiful fans. Um, and those Twingos so, go in. Yeah, and so we're we've got stuff going on with QAnon Anonymous and Bunta Vista and the Antifada and stuff, uh, doing Twitch things. So we'd love to see you in chat. Anyway, yeah. oh, also top of the show announcement: shirts. Buy a shirt. I keep mentioning at the very end of episodes when you've probably all stopped listening. You absolute hogs. Buy a shirt. There's details in the description for how to buy one. Okay. Oh, I kind of like doing plugs up front because I don't feel like um, really? stressed about ending the like show school, now. This is relaxing. It feels like school assembly to me. Like, yeah. Early, early business. So if you want the real feeling of school assembly, 
rewind the podcast by about a minute and then sit cross-legged on the floor while <laughs> shifting. If anyone wants to go to craft club with the uh, the teacher who we did no background checks on, that'll be taking plus in the windowless <laughs> supply shed. <laughs> MF said taking plus. Taking plus, fuck. <laughs> Rename the group DM. New name for the group DM, baby. <laughs> the ultimate shit. I'm so posh that I pronounce it blast. Um, all right. So as of the recording of this uh, fun little morning zoo crew, mm. uh, ten, more than 10% of the U.S. workforce is unemployed. And yeah, that's a lower cool. bound because the unemployment offices literally have not been built to be able to process the volumes of claims efficiently enough. So they're probably undercounting this. Oh, certainly. And we also had the sun be like, Boris is out of the ICU. We should all celebrate on the week that 5,000 people in the UK just fucking died. Right. And also, uh, and yeah. also, we're like at the same numbers now as Italy. I think we may like surpass it today. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like weird to think that like a few weeks ago, um, these gov- same government ministers are kind of saying, oh, we're not going to be like Italy at all. No, this is such, you know, we've got it all under control and everything. And it was such a huge deal. I don't know if you guys remember, like, it was such a huge deal to even kind of see those numbers and be like, I can't believe it's happening, like, not that far away from us. Now we've gotten to the point where we're definitely, like, we're going to have more casualties than yeah. Italy. And it'll be like, yeah, well, you know, uh, Boris fought back. So that's fine. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I've, the quote that I remember yeah. is like, Italy is not who you want to emulate. That was like an anonymous source. Because they weren't doing scientific-led interventions, and right. now we've just overtaken <laughs> them. Uh, yeah, great. Well, look, to be fair, under normal circumstances, saying Italy is not who you want to emulate, probably very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the thing, right? I think the the reason that like we are able to say, oh, it's a cause for celebration, is uh, and and Josie, I'd like to hear your take on this, but is that it's like um, it, it's it's the, the public have been encouraged to hyper-identify with the Prime Minister as representative of them. And so, how Boris, as, as, as goes Boris, so goes the nation. Yeah, the king and oh, the completely. land are one. And I do fear in the future that it will be used to justify everything. You know, I read something this morning, somebody was talking about, you know, if they decide once this is over to impose kind of austerity measures beyond belief or some sort of enforced volunteering or anything, it will be Boris risked his life for you. You know, mm. all of this, and, and just complete erasure of the fact that he was deliberately flouting WHO guidelines and deliberately put himself in that situation. Um, also, I think for me, I find it hard to form empathetic bonds with people who would have me killed and then laugh about it. That mm. is just one of my quirks. And it's difficult. It, so it's, um, I mean, I, I worry. I, what, what I really, really did not enjoy was the vicious policing of anyone making any sort of joke about Boris Johnson on Twitter, um, often from the people who, you know, five minutes ago were telling us that you weren't allowed to make jokes anymore because mm. of it being PC gone mad. Um, mm. That was very That was the free speech was, union. Exactly. Yeah. Where were they? Almost as though this is all a grift. Mm. But um, <laughs> I... I'd, I mean, it, it is going to be used to justify literally everything. I think that's exactly right, Josie. We're going to be in fucking the Boris Komsomol. What you need to respect is that Boris Boris is like, you know, King Menelaus of the, of the Greeks. He, he volunteered to face the virus in single combat to end the war. And for that, <laughs> we need to respect him. But, like, what's going to happen now, I think, is that a lot of you know, a, the usual aggrieved dads 
are going to look at Boris Johnson having beaten it, and they're going to su- decide that they're fighters like Boris Johnson, because Boris Johnson would probably be their friend if they hung oh, out. They probably. finally got their war. They finally, yeah. like, like they got the equivalent of the, like, the boomer thing where you're convinced that you fought in World War II. Now yeah. they're convinced mm. that they personally fought the coronavirus. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah. I want to go back That's to the US Dominic for Rob a moment. did all that adult karate. I want to mm. go back to the US for a moment where, uh, yeah, it's, don't forget, Six, like ten to sixteen percent of their workforce is unemployed, and that's just so far, you know. And also, that's most of the jobs that involve going somewhere and doing something are the ones that have been furloughed or the ones that have have, have been stopped. And I hate to, to tell you this, but society can only function with like it can't function with only claims adjusters and brand managers. Someone somewhere has to make or do something. Mm. No, no, I like this vessel where we're just like we're all doing David Graeber's bullshit jobs and like mm. we're all just pushing papers around in a big circle. It's great. Yeah. This is this is real Eastern Empire shit. Yeah. Um yeah, but in the other thing, right, is like uh labor all, labor all around the world, especially like in the US, Canada, Britain and and Western Europe is being stopped from happening, but in the US, nobody seems to be compensating it at all. Because there's just this neo, it's just this hollowed out welfare state of a patchwork of institutions, many of which don't work. People have already failed to pay rent in the first of April, and it's left to ask what's going to happen when other of Maslow's lower hierarchies of needs can't be met. Mm. <laughs> uh, like at least the European economies are all like 2004 era Greece. Where we're just printing money to directly fund social programs. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Spain is doing UBI and they want to make it permanent, which I yeah. guess w- would be nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? But the Bank of England is funding. I don't know, if, Josie, if you saw this. The Bank of England is now just funding departments directly. Ha! Huh. Yeah. <laughs> money printer go brr. M- money, <laughs> money printer go brr. But like, at least in Western Europe, we have the wel- we have the remnants of the wel- welfare state institutions. To actually channel it into it, where it needs to go, like it's not efficient and it's neoliberalized and it sucks. Mm. But at least it's like, at least we have the mechanism. In the states, they don't even have that. Money printer go. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and the U.S.'s plan to get back out of all of this. I've seen Art Laffer, famous of Curve fame, has been mooted as the person <laughs> to bring it all back. And his suggestion... Just, just saying he's actually laughing. Yeah, his, his suggestion is to scrap all minimum wage laws and eliminate taxes completely to get the economy going again. We gotta, we gotta get mm. those child markets. We gotta make it happen. It's the only growth industry left. Yeah, you can't buy or sell children. What is even the point? It's the growth spurt industry. <laughs> what uh, implications does that have for the US military? Like, wouldn't that just end the US military? We really need Nate to answer this. Can we have Nate yeah. cut in with like a quick answer about, <laughs> about, about how this is going to destroy the US military or not? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's. I mean, uh, this is this is where we where we talked about in the episode with uh, with Patrick Wyman, right? Mm-hmm. This is where states are going to have to start making hard decisions. If like, th- are they better off more in more of a Holy Roman American Empire? Mm. Um, sort of more or less, kind of going it, going it by themselves. California is de facto doing that already. 
the thing is, they have to keep funding the uh, the U.S. military. Otherwise, there won't be any privates with too much money, and then they won't sell any Dodge Chargers, and then their economy is completely fucked. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the only four growth industries in America are Dodge dealerships near military bases, uh, <laughs> payday loan places near military bases, strip clubs near military bases, and like... Wedding uh, chapels near military yeah, bases. exactly. And also yeah. next to the strip club, very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, crucial. Uh, Josie, I want to throw back to you. What do you th- what do you think of like this particular moment of crumbling? Oh wow! Well, um, I can't say that it doesn't fill me with dread. I keep thinking about the fact that, like, uh, you know, after the Second World War. Uh, the post-war consensus, the idea that, you know, everyone was like, well, I guess we need to change society somewhat. And obviously that was not uh, perfect. And, you know, uh, uh, but I I really don't feel like after this, the ruling classes are going to be like, do you know what? I decided to change my ways. Like I, I don't yeah. see, I, I don't see the kind of global coming together that might be necessary to, um, to avoid uh 1990s sci-fi versions of dystopia (laughs) well if you think about the new deal right the new deal was the bare minimum social contract that was needed to like rebuild america after the great depression yeah it was ludicrously racist but also it was not that generous really no and the only reason that it got passed was because there was an incredibly strong labor movement in america at Mm -hmm. the time that's something fuck do we have that like for the prior kind of how long, 30 years at least, the Socialist Party in America have been polling pretty decent numbers. Like Eugene Debs, I, I, I did, got something like 10% of the vote or something, got like a really, really yeah. decent share of votes. He, a, he a won of times. Wisconsin, I think. Mm-hmm. God bless him. So like, yeah, yeah I, I do worry about that because what we've got is five years of people tentatively identifying as socialists and then getting screened at. Mm. And also, I think this is, this is also something where we can clarify what we talk about when we said line stop, right? This is because the, the era of the line was about control and growth. It was about making people act in such a way that prosperity could be expanded and expanded even if it wasn't shared, mm-hmm. right? Line stop is much more nakedly about control than growth, because when choosing between control and growth, the choice of uh, capital has been control. Yeah, we we have just like we've chosen a slightly different imperial cult now. Mm -hmm. And Mm. so just before we go to go into the main meat of this, this show, which is going to be about the police overreach, uh, I read uh, an an op-ed in the Financial Times, Comrade Financial Times, I mean. Don't mm. okay. Don't go too far with Comrade Financial Times shit. It's still the Financial Times, where again, even like the people who are interested in gro- in capital and growth, the people who have that traditional logic, have recognized that like the fundamental problem is not enough people have enough money to buy the stuff and are not going to stay bought into a system that's all about the distribution of stuff through money if they have no money to buy stuff. Mm. Right? Like even the most committed Lockean. Like recognizes that that social contract breaks down, and committed Lockeans tend to be really fucking tedious. Um, but here's here's Philip Stevens from the FT. He says paying for the pandemic will raise all the same questions. A return to austerity would be pure madness, an invitation to social unrest if not revolution, and a godsend for populists. Because remember, the FT and the Economist they always advocate a kind of 
at best, one nation social democracy, one nation Toryism, yeah. to quell populism, which they don't like. M manage democracy. Mm. All of them would do yeah. fine in under the Chinese Communist Party also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and want to yeah. be able to speak to the manager, and that's very important. <laughs> yeah. Over time, a long time, the fiscal bills will have to be paid. No, they won't. Liberal democracy, however, will survive the second great economic shock only if the adjustments are made within the context of a new social contract that recognizes the welfare of the majority over the interests of the privileged. But the last time that happened, the working class was incredibly mobilized, mm. and it just isn't right now. Just the apathy New Deal, where we just be yeah. like, we'll give you the bare minimum of social democracy to avert revolution, but like in a really like 90s Gen X sort of way. It'll be like, <laughs> okay, soda. Okay, guys, I have seen zero apathy. I have seen absolute zeal. And that zeal has been for snitching on your local community. I have never <laughs> seen so much energy. Oh, People the most British energy possible. Engaged. Mm. Zone. She went out for a second jog and she came back with a tin of Pringles. Like, that's not an essential item. It is something that is completely justified, in my opinion, calling the cops. Yeah, I love, I, to, I love to do the. Executed. <laughs> I, I love to do the great escape thing where I'm like getting on the bus and the guy says "good luck" in English, and he's like, to "Notice the mango in my bag for life," and I say, "Oh, thank you very much," and I'm immediately recaptured. <laughs> when, I, when I'm on the bus in Nazi Germany, and then he says "good luck," and then I say "I'm English," and then he, and he says "you're under arrest," <laughs> and I go these days. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, Nazi Germany so, was the place where you could get arrested and thrown in jail just for saying you were English. Yeah, can't say <laughs> no, that unless these you days. were a member of the English royal family who was there on one of their many diplomatic visits. <laughs> uh, um, I, my my serious point though was that, um, like, you're completely right in saying that, like, for all the kind of platitudes that the Economist is carrying out, like, we're talking about a very different time where. Um, you know, there isn't like really much of any like labor mo mobilization at all. But I don't think that that's their point. What I feel like what a lot, what the government strategy and what a lot of like liberal strategy really is, is like, we just need to be kinder to each other and we need to be more voluntary and we need to do more big society stuff. Like, I'm Good not sure if you guys saw today, yeah. but, um, you know, the government are now going to be looking for like volunteer fruit pickers. Um, mm. To, uh, rouge yeah, shit. to like uh to like keep yeah to keep like stocking uh supermarkets and the thing that i was thinking about was like Khmer number one Rosary. this is just proof of the theory that like this is just the soviet union but worse and more expensive um <laughs> with yeah. less choice and with less choice and also with like <laughs> less protection um yeah. yeah so it's considerably worse than that but it's also but this also just seems to be like the strategy just recycle what we had in 2010 but also like place a moral imperative on people where like if they don't mm. volunteer then we'll just arrest them mm. and also if, if they don't volunteer they're letting down the country and they i like what is letting down boris for letting down boris yeah. he, he got well he got well for all of us and what, I what do you think do it's, <laughs> i think it's right. more than that though isn't it it's weaponizing the nhs it's saying if you don't do this you hate the nhs which it hurts why you know, aren't you clapping to... citizen where's your <laughs> oh, fucking nhs God. poppy uh, the fucking yeah. clapping. It is it is just where's your poppy, but for the NHS. It's the most okay. infuriating thing. Like the way that like in Britain, everything has to become a meaningless gesture. And anything that you actually materially do is irrelevant unless you play along with the incredibly stupid and facile like oh, we were having a little clap. 
And it's uh. like, it doesn't matter who you fucking voted for, but whether or not you take part in this preschool ritual is suddenly becoming a social signifier. Ugh, it makes me want to vomit. The reason, the reason why Labour lost the election was that Boris just went on TV and told the British public that it was time to go to sleep now. And just like put our heads down on our desks. I sort of defend the clapping a little because I, I, it, I've realised something which is I would die of bile if I were, if this country went to war, I would die a fucking bile. Like the thing that keeps me going is that I do love the NHS as a religion. Obviously, it is completely craven and despicable that people go, don't politicize this, just clap and give them a medal. It's disgusting. But at the same time, I, you know, it, it is at least some relief to me that I can participate in these things for something I believe in. If it was that we were having to clap our brave boys, I would die of bitterness. Yeah, but I <laughs> like, think I think that line's getting blurred. Like I keep true, coming truly. back to the the like the Eastbourne local Facebook group with like people monitoring which streets were clapping well and which ones weren't. Oh god. Uh, oh god. How is it all so fucking real? <laughs> Cop zone. Cop, we're, we are... It's cop zone. I, I, I described us on Twitter, I described Britain as a country with sick building syndrome. And I think that's, like, the most that insight I'm ever going to get into what, why we are this way. Yeah. Well, in fact, this is a, a perfect um, segue to our, our next segment, which is all about the UK's transformation into, like, cop zone, a fun place for cops. Um... And they don't like, even have like to a, have an 18-month waiting list in order to transform into cop zone either. Or it's, mm. or it's, like, uh, it's, like, it's like Chuck E. Cheese, just a, a place where cop dreams come true. Cop <laughs> Disneyland. It's, it, it, that's what it is. It's, co- it's Copo Disney. Um, yeah, so the UK's transformation into cop Disneyland is now well underway. Um, so I have a few, a few articles and a few stats for what the police are doing with... Uh, let's just say, broad-based new powers to enforce social distancing rules? Some say mm. too broad. And mm. I say those yeah. people are traitors who support the coronavirus against our brave <laughs> boys. Listen, mate, in the police, I'm very able to enforce social distancing because I've been legally forced to social distance from my wife for seven years. <laughs> and from my kids. But like, we, we also saw that the cops had been like taken to task about this by the policing regulator who had said, like, we don't envision that you, you're ever going to use these powers just independently. You can't just make up laws. And that was absolutely the one side of the, no, you can't just make your own laws with the other side being a guy in a policeman's helmet being like, uh, coronavirus, that go. <laughs> so I'm going to do a little bit of the, of the, of the facts here. Um, so this is from uh, this is from a, a, basically a civil liberties group that I've quoted from. I'm gonna I'm gonna cite all the people I've done in the notes. Um, so this is uh, Marie Dinu was arrested at Newcastle Central Station last weekend, having allegedly failed to inform the police of the reason for her journey. She was detained under Schedule 21 of the Coronavirus Act, which creates an offense of quote failing without reasonable excuse to comply with any direction imposed. Pick up that can, citizen. <laughs> Crucially, the act only applies to potentially infectious persons. But in this case, the police admitted that they didn't consider uh, Ms. Dinu to be suffering from the virus, nor did they think that she was potenti- potentially infectious. They just used this law to just 
fuck with her anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this mm. is this was like a great test case because they stopped her in the station and said, you know, where are you going, citizen? And she said, I don't want to tell you. And they should, she, she was arrested and thrown in jail merely for saying yeah. she was English. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and also fined 660 quid at the end of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 660 pounds. That's such just a specific, for like, specific uh, number. It goes up by 330 each offence. Yeah, I mean, th- ah. this was then immediately what? overturned. Uh, but this is like the civil liberties test case against this. Yeah. But like, mm. th- that's the kind of attitude the enforcement is getting. And obviously, it's not going to, like, great that you don't have to pay 660 quid anymore, but it's still, you've still been arrested and you've still been in the back of a van with a bunch of cops who all probably have the fucking coronavirus. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, it yeah. feels great. And this actually came hot on the heels of the Derbyshire police. Um, remember, we, they, they used a drone to patrol the Peak District to, like, basically mm. tell people on solo hikes that they were, like, in violation of some <laughs> obscure coronavirus <laughs> moral yeah, it, rule. It, it, in, in, in the repressive world of Britain 2020, only one man still hikes. His name? Bear Grylls. He is, <laughs> he is fucking uh, pursued by every police force in the country with drones. There are a group of Highlanders who are the only people who can't be killed by the virus. They can only be killed by having their head cut off by a cough. <laughs> um, and in fact, they dyed a lagoon in the Peak District black to keep people from gathering there. Cool. <laughs> apparently, though, they actually did need to dye that black because apparently the only reason it was like blue was because of all this like chemical waste that gets pumped into it. And so it's been a problem <gasps> for years that people swim in it and just get like fucking bleach burn. Yeah, there was a oh, quote. God. There was a quote in that story that was like uh, that from some like local shopkeeper who was like, "People, at least people now won't think they're in the Riviera. They'll look up and remember they're in Derbyshire." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who who could have like failed to make that mistake before?" Sorry, isn't that such a bleak policing of the imagination? Oh, too yeah. like, how dare you take an imaginary holiday? Is yeah, is uh, your yeah. imaginary holiday necessary? Uh, imagining they're being also in France, which is unpatriotic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've d- and also they've like find a bakery in West, or they attempted to find a bakery in West West London because they had an employee go outside to draw lines on the pavement so people would know how how far away to queue yeah, up for one he another. He was doing criminal damage to the pavement with some chalk. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, what this what this shows to me, and and this is some um some uh some statistics here. From Bindman's law firm, who's looking at this as from a civil liberties angle as well, Bindman's, not Bindman's, uh, <laughs> suggested over the weekend that one only one police force alone had issued 123 penalty notices, while another six required people to individ- in- attend the magistrate's court for coronavirus-related offending. Yeah, lo- love to be sentenced by a judge on Skype. Also, uh, Greater Manchester mm. Police uh, have broken up a bunch of house parties, which I admit, like this is the one thing where the enforcement is correct is that people should not be having a fucking house party but like you can't the tweet, stop manx yeah the, the tweet never trust cops with twitter because what they put out was this this weekend greater manchester police attended 660 parties it's like okay maybe you shouldn't <laughs> have done that then well they finally opened the evidence locker and took all those pingers <laughs> <laughs> oh no just you that's a lot of face touching no, no bueno. Mm. <laughs> um, I feel so connected we- to everyone. <laughs> do you yeah. already, do you do you see like what some of like the kind of like right wing contingents of like Twitter and uh, I guess like Facebook are kind of talking about when it comes to this? It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting because like as we talk about 
just like the kind of um, trigger happy policing that this country seems to love and like the consent that so many people give the police. Their take wasn't like, oh, this might be like a bit of too much over policing and like this is a concern of civil liberties. I'd have sent in fucking Land Rovers, wouldn't I? And like clouds of tear gas. It, it was a mix of that, but it was also like, oh, these police have so much time to uh, arrest old pensioners in the supermarket, but they don't have enough time to uh, investigate the grooming gangs. Hmm, uh, interesting. What about, what about the firearms in the mosque? Um, so <laughs> I just find it just very funny that like, even during this fucking pandemic, there are still like a sizable number of people who are both like either stuck on the grift or like they're fighting old wars. It's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, again, like that contingent of people that despite, again, despite this fucking pandemic are still, um, going to like FBP people and being like, oh, we won Brexit's done, etc. Like the kind of like last Japanese <laughs> fighter on the island. Um, yeah. and I, I, I don't know. I, I have like a begrudging respect for them. Um, yeah, they're whole yeah, well, got, dentists. <laughs> yeah. What you've got to understand is, is that in this country, there are two genders of your dad's attitude to the police, which is gender, <laughs> gender the first. Please arrest my neighbor for buying a Twix and behead him. And then uh, gender gender number two is uh, I got a, I got a speeding fine from a new speed camera because I was doing forty and a thirty in my Vectra VXR, and this is me being burnt at the stake for the crime of being English and owning a performance vehicle. <laughs> but that's a big difference between like Brit like a British aggrieved dads and American aggrieved uncles. Because American aggrieved uncles just love hierarchy. And like, no matter what the police are doing, they'll sort of work their way around to yeah, love th whatever those, it is. Those guys get like 20 DUIs and the whole time they're licking boot and they're like, yes, yeah. sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, oh my they God, weren't even the drunk. They were just week. like, can I have another that, DUI? That guy who did the tweet this week that was like, I was once beaten bloody by the police and I said, thank you for your service. I mean, I've been there. In, in yeah. Britain, we are much like you got to. I, I hate to say you gotta hand it to them, but hey, at least they're consistent in their principles. It's just that their principles are garbage. But here's the thing. This has all been building up to two announcements that police... Wait, wait I can't remember who, which of you guys said that uh, t police forces should not be allowed near Twitter. Um, two, two police forces that have both been patrolling grocery stores. I love this is this is such a strong mental image for me and I want us to put it I want us to put it on a poster or on a t-shirt or something. I love that when I am like moving between spotlights of the like roving police drones I am given away and I'm instantly compromised to a permanent end by a SWAT team because of the blare of unexpected item in the bagging area. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just getting getting fucking turned into a red mist by a predator drone because I accidentally <laughs> got oat milk. Yeah. The police, the police putting my horde of goo ramekins into evidence bags as I'm choked to death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what they've said is we will. At, no, they have said we will not at this stage be starting to marshal supermarkets and check in the check the items in baskets and trolleys to see whether it is a legitimate necessary item. But if people do not heed the warnings, we will start to do that. Cambridge police also said they were patrolling the, quote, non-essential aisles in grocery stores. <laughs> <laughs> the siren call of the non-essential aisle, I, drawing I, me in. I, what you've got to do is you've got to pass like a speech check to speak cop to them and be like, uh, I, I have tactically ascertained this Twix-style nourishment in order to like <laughs> replenish my, my carbohydrates. 
So, uh, <laughs> Josie, I want to throw involved eating of a twin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Josie, I want to throw to I want to uh, as ever. I want to throw to you on on, on this. Uh, have you purchased any non-essential food items? Yeah. You do not. You do not have to it. answer that. I have never bought more <laughs> dime bars in my life. It's but the thing is, obviously, we we're, we're only going to a shop once a week uh, to pick up our local organic fruit and veg delivery that we participate in because it's a community scheme. Uh, deal with it, and um, we go. Uh, you're a perfect liberal elite, are right here? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I made a joke on Twitter today saying that I may obviously never become a permanent member of the middle class, and you know may never ever be allowed to stop renting or feel as if I have any security in this world. But I got an email from Ocado today saying that I was on their priority shoppers list. So, uh-huh. you know, things are looking up for me. But basically yeah. I go to the shops once a week and get like things that I need for my baby and fruit and vegetables. Of course I'm going to buy a thousand fucking dime bars. Otherwise, what will I eat while <laughs> I'm looking at Stacey no Solomon's Instagram stories? Just putting my head in my hands in the interview room. <laughs> well, also, here's Listen the other to thing, me. right? I don't regret this- a dime bar. If they weren't essential, why would they sell them in Ikea? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the other yeah. thing, right? This is a slightly serious point, which is... This is these the broad discretionary powers given to police forces to just decide what to do, uh, and decide what's essential, um, and decide to even like say oh, that to have massively overinterpreted this enough to say that we get to make sure you only do the bare minimum to stay alive means that like let's say I don't know you have a dairy intolerance and you buy oat milk. Well, like the the Spectator and Spiked have been spending the last twelve years saying that like oat milk is a metropolitan indulgence. So I hope you I hope you like puking and farting because you you buy oat milk. We're gonna beat you to death. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, and also, what if what if what if also what if you're like not what if you're not white? What if you're buying like spices or what if you're buying like I don't know like what spices if you're buying, are illegal. Uh, FMA yeah, is unfair. <laughs> but literally, yeah. Like, what if you're buying spices? What if you're buying food that they don't consider like normal yeah. British food? You're like, oh, that's you're a bit weird. Citizen. Can't be essential. What is non-essential? And also, like, why, if we're looking at the hierarchy of needs, like, I have a daughter who's going to be two in a month. Is it non-essential for me to buy art and craft supplies? And is it non-essential for me to buy her toys? Because, like, those are the aisles that we're talking about in a supermarket. What else in a supermarket is non-essential? Like, if it's non-essential to buy things to occupy the mind of a two-year-old, what the fuck am I supposed to fucking do? Have you Mm. considered telling your two-year-old to go pick vegetables? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's too busy clapping for Boris. Mm. I can't help her. Every five minutes, she wants to leave the house and say, "Well done, Boris." Um, (laughs) But that's also because she's his illegitimate mm. child. So it's a complicated (laughs) issue. We've we've become Josie. Did you just admit to shagging a Tory? Mm. No, of course, fucking not. Uh, We've we've become a different kind of tweet. We've we live now in the world of Richard Dawkins. We thought he was being ridiculous, but it was actually (laughs) prophetic. Uh, We are now all having a tiny little jar of honey taken away from us by stupid rule-bound dundridges. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. We owe him an apology. The police, obviously, this whole thing has been, like, winding me up for, like, weeks already because I've been, like, paying attention to the fucking shit the police have been saying. And when they say things like, uh, we may have to take more action when people aren't heeding the warnings, it's like, there have been no warnings that said you can't go to the supermarket. 
going to the like if there are lots of people in the supermarket that means lots of people need food which is something you're allowed to do and given mm. that the supermarkets are selling other things which will like make your isolation more bearable there is no reason not to buy those things what the kind of fucking insane entrapment is it to station a policeman in the like quote unquote non-essential aisle to like lure you in it's just like the big like you know getting getting a mentally impaired muslim teenager and getting him to accept a big box with bomb written on it in crayon and then being like well 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 it seems we've caught osama bin laden again yeah but like i have a russia <laughs> angle for this which is like we talk a lot about how repressive and authoritarian russia is in this country and it's very funny to me that the, the only video i've seen of the like russian coronavirus quarantine is a guy in a park in moscow just sitting in a police van on the loudspeaker being like you have to go home. Go home. Please go home. And people just like walking past and cycling past and just totally ignoring it. Mm. Maybe they were going well, here's, home. Mm. Here, here's the thing, right? Like the, the psychology of this, like other than just like lots of cops become cops because they want to just exercise power over people, mm. right? Like they're, they're not keeping you safe. They're not keeping you safe. Um, they didn't keep you safe when the US senators were insider trading and breaking all those laws. But I digress. Is that what this is? Is this is the um, the operationalizing of the assumption that that self flagellation is necessary in order mm. to uh, improve your yourself and your life? So, like, you know, the last first time this was like mainstream thinking was in like frontier America, where you had <laughs> weird Protestant ministers creating different kinds of of like oat mash that would be bland enough that you wouldn't get horny. And it would keep your soul pure. <laughs> That's literally why we have graham crackers. Yeah. It's named after a minister called Graham, who was trying to make a food that wouldn't excite the senses. It would keep you thinking about your prayers and your clearing of a field to like help America's manifest <laughs> destiny. Yeah, although it doesn't even work because like he was like also the other half of his program was like massive enemas. So if you're not doing that, <laughs> you're not like yeah. <laughs> so it's Hell like, yeah. we have to, it's. Like I think, I think one of the things that we have to remember is that a liberal society always requires a frontier, and it just so happens that a front the frontier has come home. Yeah, the we frontier are is the, 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 like, are magazine aisle. Yeah, hey, you, do you do you worship the Lord with that rectum? <laughs> well, it's like it's like we we are we are the colonial periphery, being with the in the metropole with the repressive security forces of the metropole. Controlling us like a like a like a problem wasn't, to be dealt with in the periphery. Wasn't Robert Paxton's like uh, back of the envelope definition of fascism the application of colonial violence to the imperial core? Yeah, and like you know, it's cool. Is, is, cool. Is a Love police officer telling you? Is a police officer telling you you can't buy a Twix? Colonial violence? Uh, or like colonial violence? Not yet. No. <laughs> How many Twixes do, do we allow people to have in our subjugated territories? But hey, you know what? The 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 Im imposed suffering, uh, even if it's so far mild for some, not as mild for others. In order yeah. to like create a more a more a more sort of uh, hardy population, hey, that's not yeah. new. It's I'm very that's just from a much to... brutaler time in history. I'm very excited to form the Twix Mau Mau. <laughs> I was thinking about this in terms of I am so frustrated that all of the contrarian columnists are from the same social class, which is nice houses with gardens. <laughs> like mm. I, the yeah. fact that the contrarian columnists only suffering is boredom is very depressing to me. 
and also the other thing, right, is we've talked about this with with Ollie Thorne quite a bit, which is that when and this always comes up when we talk to him, once a once an institution is created, uh, so for example, the police just being able to check your <laughs> check your uh, shopping bag to see if everything you've bought is what you really need, um, it's hard to get rid of. Mm. You know, you can, it's very difficult to begin to relax those restrictions because they make you feel safe. Look at cops with machine guns. Cops with machine guns were brought in as part of the Olympics for security. And the Olympics, I think, ended in 2012. No, it never never ended. forever in our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) They're literally replaying it. Even when we think about, like, counter-extremism measures that came in after 2005 and, like, even after 2001, and they were all kind of told that, like, we were all kind of told that these are temporary measures, they're used for, like, Mm. extraordinary circumstances, and also they'll be checked, right? So, like, their kind of big caveat was, like, we're going to be, Parliament will kind of scrutinise and oversee this. Except even though, even despite like all the criticism, Parliament always allowed the measures to continue. And even today they allow these measures to continue, right? Um, mm. There's no reason at all that, there's absolutely no reason, especially now, especially considering like who our uh, leader of the opposition is, that like we're going to have that type of scrutinization, especially like at a time when I think anyone who does scrutinize these policies will just be called anti-English or anti-patriotic or anti-Boris. Um, pro coronavirus. Pro 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 coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a seditious agent of the coronavirus. Um, so actually, on the subject of Boris, I've just seen that the top trending uh, uh, topic on Twitter is uh, hashtag Boris the Butcher, which has successfully made him sound like a Guy Ritchie character. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So here's the here's the. That's a, these are police powers that are sort of expanding, and I don't see contracting. Mm. Um, here's something else that's been implemented. This is a quote from Peter Milden, the chief operating officer of a company called Vivacity Labs. Vivacity, Vivacity Labs provides hyper-local data on how roads are being used using AI-based sensors which process video footage on cameras all over the country to provide anonymized data on road usage. But now, these sensors are being used to offer government an opportunity to monitor compliance with new requests such as this two-meter social distancing rule. Hmm. Uh, so what if we de-anonymized that data? Yeah. I mean, vigilantism is already on the rise all over the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, key workers who don't go to work in uniforms, which is like all of them, are reporting having their tires slashed by overzealous neighbors. Rules. It rules. We're such, we're yeah. such a fascist country. Cop Disneyland. Yeah. It's it's weird how much British people hate the Soviet Union, given how much they would have loved to have lived through the Stalinist yeah, purges. That's absolutely true. <laughs> we are a country of Druzinics, right? We we want mm. to fucking like assist the police. We want a little yeah, fancy you mean, armband. You mean there's a government department you can call for free and not even be put on hold and talk about how your neighbor was doing their washing at the wrong time of day and they'll come around and take them away? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so back to this thing though, right? Like this this is a company where they were monitoring all of the streets for the government, uh, or, or monitoring streets variously, like in Oxford and London and stuff. And they were like, don't worry, we're not going to do it while impacting civil liberties. This is just to check road usage. But now, they're just able to flip a switch to monitor people, and now they're monitoring people. Oh no, they turned the big monitor not... people switch to on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Ever since so Jeremy again, Corbyn like, left that office, all the switches have fallen into the wrong hands. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, what's gonna what's gonna happen here? Are they just gonna turn it off? I doubt no. it. No. No. Well, the switch is now snapped off, so they can't turn it off. Unfortunately, mm. they'd love to. This is even the thing about cops, right? People say, "Oh, without cops, who's gonna keep us safe?" Cops were a relatively recent invention in history. Mm-hmm. The, the first police forces were in like from the late twenty late nineteenth century. Yeah, and we we can argue about like police reform versus police abolition, uh, and like how before that possibly you just had like a militia or a posse or whatever. Yeah. It's not saying whatever came before was better. It's just saying that these institutions aren't eternal. It's no. just it's so easy after they've been around for three months to forget that they're not eternal. Do you remember all of the like various attempts to create a British FBI, and every time it would launch in the sun with Britain's new FBI, and now we have the National Crime Agency, which is the like fifth attempt at this, and it just kind of seems like it's been around forever. Yeah, it's because so, they Josie, haven't got sweatshirts that people can buy and do their runs in. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but the the thing I was going to say is that like I just can't bear this pretending that these institutions aren't problematic like pretending like just pretending that there are adequate checks and balances for them when there aren't pretending that there's ever been kind of justice when there's been police killings and that kind of uh, killings by police i uh don't worry about me i was just joining in but in an unfocused but emotional way <laughs> personally like you should you should look at what's happening with the expansion of the overreach of government power not to save you obviously but Mm. to like fuck with you as a problem in effect yeah and it's always going to be these kinds of crises and luckily we've put ourselves in a position where there's going to be a lot more sudden crises oh yeah Uh, remember it's just going to be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and i just i i want to live in the minds of liberals who like look at Previous examples of these crises being weaponized. Like I want to, I want to live inside the mind of a liberal who like reads about how every single law enforcement agency in America is sending machine guns and tanks to New Orleans after Katrina, and thinking, "Hmm, that must be very safe now." Yeah, it's, it's they've made it. They've made it as safe as possible. Uh, it's also very good that like you know Grand Rapids uh, in 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 Michigan or wherever it is has no mines because their police force has enough MRAP mine clearance vehicles. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, I, I, but also, like, the, 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 these police departments that are, like, searching people's bags, like, they've, they've now had to walk back those comments because, as Alice was saying, the National like, College of Policing was saying, well, you can't do that. They just said, oh, sorry, it was an overenthusiastic officer. Whoopsie-doopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie doopsie. Whoopsie doopsie. We stopped like uh, several families from like buying the essential moments. food they need. Yeah. You just get on social and media mash. and you just, yeah, you just say, you just fucking say some bullshit online. Yeah. yeah this is why, this is why Britain's cop Disneyland. Mm. But I will feel a lot more comfortable with our new state of affairs when we start seeing the police in Windsor and in the Cotswolds becoming overzealous. I will feel Mm. a lot more comfortable when I see, like I saw a video that was of a little boy who was playing football in his front garden being told he wasn't allowed to do it by police. Now, if that can be extended to the grounds of the wealthy, because I I remember I was... I was annoyed by that article where police stopped a man for driving. 
And I said, this is not part of the legislation. This isn't fair. And a lot of people replied to me online and were like, um, actually, it's increasing the probability of an accident and that could stretch the NHS. And I was like, OK, but that isn't part of the legislation. And that does seem a bit extreme to give someone a summons for that, etc. And therefore, I think it is imperative that the police go and really, really investigate the giant estates of the wealthy because those places will be hotbeds for accidents. We've seen 1970s um, uh, in public information films about uh, the dangers of farm equipment, for example, the mm, dangers of people walking near railway lines. All of their space is actually an invitation to putting a, a stress on the resources of the NHS. So I think it's more important that the police go there. Exactly. My drunk butler keeps tripping over the head of my tiger skin rug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's very, it's very interesting to me that, like, uh, because the cop brain is it's very set in its ways, and those ways are, of course, hmm, do more racism. When they started doing random checks on tube journeys to, like, uh, make sure that that journey was essential, because people were still being forced to come into work, they started mm-hmm. in Canning Town. Like, mm-hmm. a, as opposed to fucking, well, I... Well, like, or like one. any of like the suburban commuter railway stations. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think like it wasn't going to be on the Victoria Line, was it? I was going to say that like Josie makes a good point, but I was thinking about how this is also like perfect cover for the government to allow this type of like um, growth in like police power because I think as we spoke said before, like everything is now like for NHS valor, right? So you can basically say that like you're kind of doing. Well, you know, we're kind of policing you and we're adding all this extra legislation to you because everyone loves the NHS. And isn't that what you were like campaigning about all the time? Are you like a real leftist if like, you know, you're like doing uh, quote unquote non-essential work, like, you know, driving and also, you know, um, if you're like doing like mutual aid, right? If you're like in a mutual aid group and you have to drive somewhere to like deliver someone groceries or you've got to like run errands for them and stuff, in theory, that's like a non-essential thing. Um, but it's also like the thing that's keeping like local communities functioning. Um, Mm. and so long as like, and this is another example of just how a lack of like early definition of, you know, what a lockdown is and what it should be. Um, all these like mixed, like mixed information, which ended up with like of the prime minister basically like almost dying like last week. Right. It's kind of, I, I mean, I didn't, I don't really know like what to make of this other than in a lot of cases for like the conservative party and an overzealous police, like this is actually like a perfect situation for them. So look, the fact is because like Hussein, you said, we didn't define the, what a lockdown meant. And we just gave the police broad based powers to kind of just, you know, you know, uh, lock it down. You know what I mean? I don't need to explain this to you. I'm sure you've seen movies. Uh, do escape from New York. Um, we now have a group of, a group of people who are accidentally being frontier Protestants who believe that you're required to like suffer in order to become stronger and that, uh, mm. and that safety equals suffering and everyone must suffer. So kudos. Thank you. But before we close blitz, out, you've today, got to eat tin meat. Yeah, that's totally it. It's like, okay, well, the blitz spirit. What was the blitz like? There was rationing. The police need to make sure we ration, even though that's not made, made necessary by the oh, conditions. Fuck. You know it's what just, it is? Just psychosis. You remember the article that was like, I survived rationing. I'm going to survive the coronavirus. It's like, that's what it's going to be like. We, I, I remember this thing that was designed to keep me alive as being miserable. So I'm going to fucking make it miserable this time. That's yeah. it. That's where we are. So. Uh, I want to close this out, though, with a very special column by a very special man. 
because uh, Douglas Murray, Douglas Murray has just it just written a real humdinger of a piece. Mm. <laughs> um, yes, it says yes. right there. It's called Douglas Murray's Brain Dead Column. <laughs> yeah, it's called Douglas Murray's Bra- whatever it was called. I didn't bother recording the name. It is a truly brain dead column and very fun to read. Uh, so let's go into it, shall we? Mm. There was always one key flaw in our species. Okay. The first Just sentence. One. Yes. Uh, here's the second sentence, which is that someone always shags a monkey. Okay. I, I mean, I yeah. don't know what kind of weird like parties he goes to, but we're not here to kink shame. So no, that's oh. true. Uh, that, 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 mean, is, that is the what? one key flaw in human nature. Yeah. Is, is... <laughs> Read that again for me, that someone uh, always... Someone always, so what, if we want to parse this sentence, it means someone, some person, mm-hmm. always shags a monkey. So it means that somewhere, hey, when that happens, somewhere in the world, all the time, right now, at the time of recording, at the time you're listening to this, at the time you're re-listening to this if you want to, someone, somewhere, is shagging a monkey. That is exactly the sort of thing you'd say to someone in the toilet at the Eyes Wide Shut party after throwing the note back, on, back down onto the mirror in disgust. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what, I, I, I'm going to give this as a challenge to the assembled panel, starting with Josie. What do we think he means? <laughs> what do we think he's getting? What point is he making? Okay, I fully appreciate I have been asked the question, but I, Douglas Murray... <laughs> was at Oxford University at the same time as me. And I have some incredible, not incredible, I have some vague gossip about him in a kind of pop bitch way because I never knew him. Can I just say that instead of an answer? Yes. <laughs> okay. It depends if it's actionable. Yeah, is, so, it, is it libel? Otherwise, well, no, I would still like to no, hear no, it, but we just got to get rid of it. <laughs> no, no. But also, if it is, just keep up till now and then just cut it out and put a beep oh. in instead. No, yeah, so, I, I, so, I okay, have the beep. I have the beep. Say, I can just be like... We can say allegedly, and it's not alleged by us because it's been alleged to Josie by someone else. <laughs> okay, perfect. So the, view, the views of Josie Long are not the views of Trash Future Podcasts. <laughs> the two things I know about him—they're not that exciting. But um, the college he went to at Oxford, which I think was Magdalen, is such a incredibly sort of um, uh, what's the word? Um, prejudicial college that it has special rooms for the creme de la creme de la creme of students and he was given like a super super fancy room to live in that had a grand piano in it because they like were so excited to have him there and everyone was he was sort of mythologized at university while we were there because he'd written a book about Bosey um Oscar Wilde's lover and at the time uh, my friends were often a bit like oh it's really interesting that he's chosen to write about Bosey because obviously he must feel really uncomfortable due to the fact that Bosey in later life developed Nazi sympathies. It must be really weird for him because he must obviously want to focus on the Oscar Wilde bits. And now we realise... So there you go. That's my gossip. What do you think? Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... It's like an extremely hey, English you know? story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's a bit dull. I just got so excited that I knew some things about him. <laughs> Anything I'm going to say, I f- I'm scared now that it's going to be libelous. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so I, l- 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 re- read some more and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll what, think what, about what, how yeah. to do it without. The, only, the only correct answer. Is he hearkening back to the Dave Chappelle comedy special from the mid-noughties? Hmm, probably. Yes, correct. He is. Wait, really? Oh, uh, God. Okay. No, not to that comedy special in particular, but he's making the same point. 
which is that he says, I have expressed this thought fairly regularly in private. Cool. At the cool, cool. dinner. At, at, at the cool eyes wide shut dinner parties. Hmm. Often to friends who don't get the reference about the likely origin of AIDS and look at me strangely after. So that's not um, the likely origin of AIDS. No, it's well, not. Like, yeah, it's, not. it's not. It's a. It's the, an the old racist. It's, it's, it's an old racist and homophobic myth. It's yeah. an old racist and homophobic myth that was around in the 1980s and 90s that has been widely disproven. It's yeah. also so cool. It's also, and this is actually now my fault. This is more like speculation than than the libel alarm, but. I read like Douglas Murray's stuff every so often just because, you know, you're trying to kind of uh, read around, you know, the outside of the bubble and all that. And the one thing that I've noticed about him is that a lot of his kind of content, even though he's not, he doesn't appear to be an extremely online guy, a lot of his content tends to come from like obscure part or not even like just like the kind of mainstream right elements of Twitter. And you can kind of see like where the subjects come from when, you know, you can kind of trace it back to, okay, this is like the Twitter group that he follows. And mm. every so often, the stuff that he writes about tends to either like integrate or it tends to come directly from like the more conspiratorial parts of this right-wing Twitter like stream. So last week, this same AIDS theory was spreading around like these right-wing groups on Telegram and 4chan and stuff like that, right? Which is that, you know, every kind of COVID uh, coronavirus and every kind of like, you know, you know, SARS and stuff like that. It's all come from like, you know, people from quote unquote third world who um, have inappropriate like relationships with animals or like with cleanliness and stuff ding, like ding, that. Ding, 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 ding. Right. You got it right, Hussein. That's exactly the point that he's making. In the first 20% of this article, before he wanders off into the hinterlands of his own I just, mind. I, I just want Douglas Murray to learn to like try to like. Uh, crib from a slightly different and dumber kind of right-wing social media, so he's just, like, opening with the, like, get fuck normies re... <laughs> yeah, Douglas, Douglas Murray, is, oh, is, he, he's permanently doing late troll face. Yeah. Uh, so, here's what he says. Um, still, I find it a useful rule. We humans are, perhaps always have what, been, not, as we... Not fucking monkeys. Well, no, he says <laughs> that like here's what life. he says. We, are, we humans are, perhaps always have been, as weak as our weakest member makes us. And if just one of us chooses Dude. an evening to force themselves on one of our simian cousins, then before long, people across the planet start, start dropping dead. Mm. So yeah, you're saying exactly I love, what you said. I love the fucking great chain of being where we're being let down by the weakest human. I'm mm. just imagining uh, <laughs> the spectator readers reading this and going, oh, I was worried there until he said simian. <laughs> so he says, I suppose the monkey shagger rule will now have to be updated to take into account the fact that someone will always eat a bat. For however developed or progressive we fancy ourselves, however many mega cities we manage to build, we will still never have 100% certainty that there isn't someone looking at a scrawny cave hanger and thinking what a nice soup he would make. Who calls and them cave where... hangers? Yeah, like what the hell? It sounds like he's found a way to be racist against bats. Yeah, exactly. It's like a slur about bats. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, to contemplate these odds is to be filled with awe. Why? Why are you being mm. dumbstruck by just thinking that someone somewhere is going to make a, a bad decision with this, again, incor incorrect assumption that like, like there are people elsewhere in the world who are making, making dumb decisions about their relationship with animals? Oh, uh, the fucking your life night directly. squirrels are back again. 
It's so smug Um, and so superior as well. Like if everyone was as clever as me, and I swear to God, if he hadn't been given that room with the piano in it, none of this would have happened. (laughs) If he had had just gotten a room at one of the more modern Oxbridge colleges, like he would have been a very different person. Mm. Oh, absolutely. If he'd gone to St. Cat's. He'd be a Nick Nick Land guy if he was at Cat's. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, St. Cat's, lots of fucking cave hangers over there, if well, you know like, what I mean. What, what, like, what's, <laughs> what's like interesting about, or not really what's interesting, but what's very telling about like that position of like, oh, it's because like they go to the, like, so number one, like the wet markets thing has been kind of be uh, like one of the kind of premier uh, conspiracy theories slash like racially uh, motivated um, lines to like quote unquote like defend like Trump's usage of like terms like China virus. The China and stuff like virus, that. yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of that has been used for that, but it also like ignores the fact that, okay, um, we need to like talk about like the spread of like these types of viruses and how does that happen? And like, you know, the idea of like factory farming, for example, is like a real hot, like hotspot for, um, like, you know, uh, massive mass distribution of bacteria or just like generally like unclear, you know, unclear and unsafe, uh, uh, what you call like work conditions in factories, right. Where like viruses spread faster. Um, so it's kind of telling that like he's still like placing the blame on these kind of like tiny markets in Chinese villages, um, mm. rather than kind of I acknowledging. Think that's exactly right. And this is also the same guy who like who started out his career as being one of the kind of promoters of uh, like neoliberalism, right? Mm. Well, this this like, one of if you want to know where antibiotic resistance is coming from, it's not coming from doctors in China like being overly uh, zealous about pre- about prescribing them. It's coming from factory farms mm. who just yeah. want to stick more head of cattle into like a ten meter square box. It's it's also very interesting to me that this kind of neoliberalism leads him to uh, like one of the achievements that he puts in in like uh, as a as a contrapoint to. Uh, eating bat or fucking monkey is building megacities. Wuhan is a megacity. Yeah. It, 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 it's like it, it is a perfect example of like the, the supposed like sunlit uplands that are opposed by like the guy eating bat, I guess. And that's so weird and so contradictory that it just is infuriating. So this is this is the first bit of the article, right? This is the first bit uh, where he's making a stupid and bad and incoherent point. The article actually manages to go off the rails from here. Oh, no. Because he oh, says, no, no it, but it goes off the rails in a way that uh, people who are premium subscribers who listen to our episode with Juliet Jux, which is still one of my favorite premium episodes we ever did, where we talked about Raphael Bear's shoes column. <laughs> um, this is this. It becomes a little reminiscent of the shoes column. It just sort of be it's it's like wait did he like take an ambient and then write the rest of this like what's going <laughs> on? So he says, yet here we still are for one reason alone, which is that our species also possesses a set of virtues which which with an uncanny precision sometimes more adequately makes up for the rest. These virtues may be dwelt upon less often. Perhaps we are embarrassed by them. Perhaps we take them for granted, or perhaps prefer our performative negation of them. But look at the virtues this country mm. has demonstrated in the past couple of years, and you begin to think we might still have a chance against the bat shaggers. Douglas Murray coming in with some extremely minor character in a Socratic dialogue energy here. <laughs> Should adopt the name like Philiostomenes or something. Start talking about the yeah. Is he gonna be like we we our virtues that defend us against the people who fuck bats are 
like the free speech union. <laughs> uh, yeah, more or less. But no, Fuck it's that, off. Uh, the the British the British people have agreed to band together, basically. Uh, I yeah. see. We have we have agreed to band together to fuck one giant bat. <laughs> it's that mm. we have togetherness, unlike the Chinese who have enforced collectivism. This is actually quite useful for me because I've been spending the three weeks so far in lockdown developing an app where if you see one of your neighbours fucking a bat, you can report it. <laughs> <laughs> you can report it to Douglas Murray, who's going to write a column about it. Yes, yeah. and and also what's good about it is the more you report, the more points on the app you receive. And if you do mm. enough, you get a voucher for a card. <laughs> I've just been arrested for loitering in the scrawny cave hanger aisle. <laughs> so, also, it's like, it's, it's, he says, cast your mind back only a few months, and we in Britain were said to be living in, quote, a divided country. Still are. Still uh, are. Yeah. Caught in a crevice between a set of competing sources of power, none of which could command the public's trust. The British people, even more than others, were said to have become distrustful of all authorities, including experts. And yet here we all are at Easter 2020, all cocooned more or less agreeably in our homes, faithfully that obeying orders. Less because is doing a lot of fucking yeah. work there. <laughs> yeah, it faithfully cocooned in our sick building of a country. Yeah. <laughs> faithfully obeying orders, not because we must, like the population of some communist despotism. <laughs> Wait, oh. sorry, despotism. Where are like the police beating you to death if you buy a pack of crisps? Yeah, but that's when we do that, that we're just doing that because we agree to. That's policing yeah. by consent. At, yeah. at all no, times, you have king. a safe word. Yeah. Uh, that Alice, that's what he says. <laughs> I mean, again, this is this isn't really to do with like Douglas Murray's obs like skills at observation. This is just to do with the fact that he is probably a very extremely online guy. So he logs on and instead of like you know, instead of like his kind of see seeing his Twitter being pro and anti-Brexit people, because everyone basically just talks about the virus and nothing else, he's like, hmm, everything must seem to be fine because I'm online and everyone else is online. So things must be good. Um yeah, and I, I don't know, it's, it also like just feeds into my other idea that like he's kind of, when I was reading his column before, like the, before um, a couple of days ago, the impression that I got was really, number one, he's really struggling for content and, you know, honestly saying, um, and the second thing is that really like he wants to say this one thing, he wants to save a slur and he's not allowed to do it, at least not yet. So he's kind of like, he says these really weird and bizarre things to kind of skirt around the idea that, like, he just wants to say the slur. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> like if, a if podcaster as a result, over here, if, if he as really a result, wants to say Karen, <laughs> he wants to say Karen. If, as a result, as seems possible at the time of writing, the angel of death clips its wings on our abode but leaves the structure standing. <laughs> what? 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 Dude? what? <laughs> We're gonna have the highest per capita death rate in the world. Yeah, but that, you is, know, it, that is literally true. Yeah, Britain, Britain once again succeeding absolutely We're at the top of one. the table. We're number one, getting a big foam finger that's impossible to sterilize. Swashbuckling, <laughs> uh, fucking imperial nation. This wouldn't have been allowed without Brexit. Yeah, so we're all just we're perfect libertarians. We're all just. Agreeing to everything that happens. Uh, if I if yes. I get t fucking tasered for like buying Watsits, I can simply inform the policeman that my safe word is apples, and it's <laughs> just, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. So he says, we um, ahem, if the angel of death clips its wings on our abode but leaves the structure standing, then there will be plenty of gratitude for us to feel. 
Among those sources of gratitude should be the fact during this time we have been reminded beneath the din of what we actually rely on, listen to, and need. I don't know what he is actually trying to say here. Every time, every time the angel of death, every time a bell rings, the angel of death gets its wings. Yeah. So he see carries on. We mm. listened as the prime minister told us to remain in our homes. We responded when he asked us to volunteer. We were concerned when we were told the National Health Service risked being overwhelmed, and we were persuaded when the nation's top scientists showed us their graphs became household names and persuaded us to alter our lives. We, we reported our neighbors for going on second yeah. jogs. We shared screenshots of people who said, ah, I hope Boris dies on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah, your absolutely. graphs out for the lads. Everyone, everyone in Britain just loves a graph. We, we, don't, we will not be quelled until we've seen a graph. <laughs> that is true. He is, I, I sometimes say that some columnists seem to inhabit the world in, that is shown to be in Charlie Kelly's mind, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, mm. where it's a cartoon, and janitors go to janitor school and go to the janitor store, and you get babies from the baby store, and there's no talking and just upbeat music on in the background. <laughs> and that seems to be what Douglas Murray's doing. Um, his inner life is that of a fucking cartoon. Um, ahem. When, the real when a real problem came, there wasn't much time for the people with imaginary problems. At no stage was there a demand uh, to studies professors to address now. the nation as the, the virus he spread. literally is one of the people with the most imaginary problems on uh -huh. earth. He edits the spectator. His <laughs> biggest problem is covering up for all the shit they've probably done. <laughs> Allegedly parody in Minecraft. Allegedly. Yeah, look, like, I, no one fucking... specifically. You're not, you're not, you're not doing gender studies now that everyone's dying, so everyone dying must be good. So his, so his last kind of few articles on the Spectator, just speaking of like imaginary problems, are the NHS's obsession with trans people, apparently, the Guardian's yeah. trans right civil war, um, yeah. and how low can the BBC go because of uh, the license fee and because they're rude to Boris. Yeah, so I mean, d dude thinks more about being trans than I do, and I just want to say to Douglas Murray, if you want to come out, we will support you. Um, uh, I, I will not make fun of you. I, I will, like, fucking take you to Primark once the quarantine is lifted and we'll get you some dresses. <laughs> that is my favourite of the backwards logic about trans people, where they're like, why do doctors keep telling me being trans is a real thing? They must have succumbed to the PC lobby. It's the children who are wrong. Can I just make the point that by his own logic, Mum's Net is going under because none of their advertisers are paying for them because of the pandemic. So Hate to see it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I I did see that. I did enjoy the post of the 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 mods, the admins of Mum's Net did like. Please, um, have you considered do, get, subscribing to a Mum's Net premium account? <laughs> the most and then the replies which are like, I'll, re I'll subscribe if they let me use hate speech, but they don't seem to let me use hate uh, speech uh, anymore. Uh, we, need uh, a version, we need a gab version of Mumsnet. Uh, yeah. so he, Mumsnet he collapsing, pouring out some Blossom Hill for a real one. So we, we carry on. <laughs> we wanted to hear from politicians clearly trying to do their best. We wanted to hear from medical experts. And finally, we wanted to hear from the queen, who remains the person best placed in our national life, or indeed any nation's life, to put in context who will hopefully soon recede into our national memory <laughs> about one of those ugly things that sometimes happens, like the smog or Scottish nationalism. Oh. Wow. So <laughs> much going on there. Imagine, yeah. like, just why? Also, he says any nation's life. What is she supposed to address? Like, fucking France? 
Yeah, she's the Pope I don't understand now. this. She she is now the Pope. After the George yeah. Pell thing, she's like usurped that. <laughs> she's Pope now. Do you think the Queen is different when she's Queen to all those different places? Like, do you think when she's Queen of Canada, she puts on like a big mounty hat and just goes like, "Oh, <laughs> you heard about that maple yes. syrup they have now?" <laughs> anyway, anyway, I want to I want to bring this I want to bring this all to a close. He says, I don't know what we'll end up taking away from all this. Perhaps a lot of things. A bad financial hit, and there'll be other things too. Perhaps there'll be a knock to our idea about the inevitability of human progress. But who knows? It's ugly to use a catastrophe as a metastasizing force for whatever your, your own political viewpoint happens to be. Six you know, like if you want okay, a catastrophe from happening again. But he says, and of course, it is possible that as society, we may take nothing from this. This will be just one of those strange things, like the riots in 2011, which seem to have changed nothing. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, he's right only in the sense that, like, it didn't kind of lead to any sort of sense of like uh, yes. justice, or you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you're right, but for completely the wrong reasons because you yeah. live in a completely different universe to everyone else. Justice well, for that guy who stole the basmati rice. <laughs> how how brain dead do you have to be to look at this moment and just sort of idly muse and say, well? Hmm. Very interesting. I wonder if this will be like Scots nationalism or the London riots. Anyway, neither of those have affected anything anywhere. So time to go back to my smoke inhalation. It's the only it's, it's the universe where it's just like, I hope this is all over soon so that I can get back to the grift of like the trans people are ruining the BBC or <laughs> um, whatever, like the trans people are doing next, which, you know, is for like is, is kind of like a staple of the conservative pathology. Right. So. Mm. Yeah, because it's all he can say is, ah, I'm glad that, that those grievance studies professors aren't being listened to. And now he's going to have to copy paste that for the next, what, 18 months while this continues to be a problem. The content, mill, the, the content mills are dangerous and, you know, ongoing games. Content so. mill go burr. Anyway, <laughs> I know we've also gone for quite some time. So I'm going to give final judgments to Josie Long. Uh, I would sentence uh, Douglas Murray to six hundred and sixty pounds fine. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, unessential column, Douglas. Sorry, Judge Josie Long. <laughs> <laughs> and just going through going through the column, like this paragraph doesn't seem essential to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh what's what's all this then? I would love to see the contrarian economy being drafted into the agrarian economy. <laughs> like, Very Khmerouge. Exactly. If we're going to go, if we are going to mimic the Soviet Union, it is important that these people who are self-styled dissenters, they all say how much they are very edgy and how anti the establishment they are. Well, I mean... They ought to be. Yeah, <laughs> Douglas. Fruit. Douglas, go and pick fruit. Yeah. Your country needs you. Yeah, exactly. It needs it a hell of a lot more than it needs this column. Honestly, Douglas Murray, if you just went and picked fruit for the next eighteen months, like that would be more useful to society for the next eighteen months. You, and you would get a trash future pass. It would be like a, yeah. a fucking. You would get a propiska, right? We would but, like get, let you do a, a column about how ah oh, trans people were turning their BBC into gender studies. But, uh, and not only that, not mm. only would you you be more useful for the next eighteen months, you'd probably finally have something to write about. Ooh, mm. that's anyway. true. Uh, what, so, what, what, what picking strawberries in Norfolk taught me about the gender cult? <laughs> so, uh, with uh, final judgment given, a new season, feature of season three, uh, I would like to thank Josie Long very much for coming on today. 
Oh my God, thank you. It's been wonderful to hear all your voices and to get to join in and to um, mm. feel like I'm not alone uh, <laughs> on this earth. That's right. That's what podcasts are for, baby. Uh, exactly. Also, speaking of podcasts, uh, you know there's the second episode of this. You know what it is. Uh, our last episode, we talked about uh, Elon Musk's um, or various other venture capitalists scheme to make easy bake ventilators with friend of the show, Wendy Liu. Uh, that was very fun. And uh, this coming uh, Thursday, we'll see you on the bonus, which is also going to be a very fun little episode. So, yeah. uh, thank you for listening. And, thank you, uh, Josie. Just, just hassling people to buy, buy the shirt. 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 Watch the Twitch. Watch the Twitch in the shirt. You already know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Subscribe to get more emotes in the shirt. Oh, we are going to get so <laughs> many more emotes. Shirt uh, emote. Exactly. Shirt emotes. Uh, let me see some shirts in the chat. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, here we go. Ginseng, find it on Spotify. Listen to it early. Listen to it often. Uh, and also, don't forget to buy Wendy Liu's book, Abolish uh, Silicon Valley. It's available from Repeater. You can find it wherever good books are sold. I encourage you to get it. It's really, really good. Yeah. So mm. I think uh, that about tears it for us today. Sounds good. All right. Is until your podcast essential, citizen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. See? Until next time or until we all get arrested for buying uh, a Twix bar. <laughs> yeah. Later, everybody. See you in hell, you scrawny cave hangers. <laughs> You'll never take me alive, copper. <laughs>